previously on Libel the Bible. I continue my attempt to appeal to a younger demographic by regaling our audience with stories about parties for octogenarians. I express my allegiance to Team Selena. We discuss the lunacy of killing people who create images of Muhammad. Scott goes full out Mussolini, ranting about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Better than discussing Joshua 13 through 17. Admittedly not the most engaging reading. Basically, Joshua allots land to each respective tribe of Israel. And the reading provides painful detail about the boundaries of that land. Did we mention that the Levites get no land? Oh yeah, the Levites get no land! Yahweh is their inheritance. Huzzah! And now, episode 62 of Libel the Bible. I can already tell we're going to have a, a marvelous show today, Scott. Why is that, man? Why is that? Why is that? Because you're coming in hot. I am not coming in hot. You're coming, you're coming in, in, hot. in hot. No, you're coming you're in coming hot. You're coming in critical, You're man. coming in hot. You're coming in you're critical. You're coming in hot. Motherfucker. I'm, I'm just I'm just cooling the gang over here. I'm Rusty. I'm Scott. This is Libel the Bible. And I put cool in the gang. I didn't really think of anything before that. <laughs> what? I don't know. I put cool in the gang. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we've been on a good run of uh, shows. Last week's episode, episode 61, uh, This Land is Your Land. Uh, not the best episode, but the material wasn't that great. Yeah, I'm blaming the material. Fuck that. Um, but I listened to it over the course of the week, and I got to tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible episode. We we had some good discussions. Not terrible is a good bar to go for at this point. <laughs> No, I mean, listen, I mean, I hear you. It's funny. You know, you can like self-deprecating humor is always good. Yeah, but I like that kind of humor, man. We, we've definitely gotten better. We we have definitely matured and evolved as um, conversationalists in terms of this particular podcast. I feel like we're less characters than we used to be. Like the conversation's more natural mm. for the most part. At times, like... We'll play devil's advocate with one another where we mm. do like go into character mode. But I think it's conversation's more natural. A famous man once said, just because you are a character doesn't mean you have character. Mm. Remember who said that? Well, yes, I do know. And if he was famous, then he wasn't doing his job well. Oh, that's right. He's yeah, infamous yeah. in right. certain circles, right? right? The wolf, right? Mr. Yeah, wolf. Mr. Wolf. I think the 18 to 24-year-old is <laughs> Shit, that's reference. all you had to say. <laughs> You're sending the wolf? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so for uh, our 18 to 25-year-old demographic or 27-year-old, whatever the fuck, uh, <laughs> that's a reference to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, you might know it as the inspiration for every single movie that's out today. That's that's a bold claim. I mean, not really, not anymore, because all the movies out today are basically like superhero movies. Oh God, they're the worst. But after Pulp Fiction came out, I'd say for the next like ten years, like every movie was trying to be Pulp Fiction, like oh. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking, like every Guy Ritchie movie, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch. Is that one of the Madonna's exes? Two Days in the Valley. What's that? Guy yeah, Ritchie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. she had like a kid with him, I think. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean Penn, right? Sean Penn was the kid. Madonna had a lot of exes. Well, good for her, man. All my exes live in Texas. Um, okay, it's a big state. So it's, it's a William Nelson room. song. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a William Nelson. 
Okay. How many songs Willie Nelson? Probably wrote? a lot. A lot. A lot. He's stolen. He, he, he was he stolen a lot all guy, the time. Right? Yeah. I think his audience was a bunch of stoners. He's the best. Was it was his audience a bunch of stoners or they were just? I mean, farmers typically like what? Do you, what else are you going to do on a farm? Um, you yeah, smoke. You fuck. Um, yeah. Speaking of all of that, I finally watched. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. What's that mean? You all you watched it. I watched two episodes. Two episodes. Two the episodes. first two episodes. First two episodes. Yeah. So the first episode was the gang fights racism. I think. How do you remember after like fourteen seasons? And like, the, the first... second episode was Charlie gets cancer. Ah shit! I don't remember. He, he stops by to like borrow like a basketball, and Charlie's like, "I got cancer." And he's like, well, you know, that's terrible. You you, you know, anytime you want to talk. And Charlie's Shit. like, well. And he's like, oh, I didn't mean talk now. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't, don't recall. That? No, right. I don't recall. So now I'm going to be upset with you if that's like episode seven. That's and right. you just gave so what you away. think? It was way over the top. Mm-hmm. It was overacted, but funny. It was <laughs> so overacted. I thought it was overacted, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know what to tell you then. Yeah, something to tell me. This is micro on me. Okay. Um, the dialogue—it was just—it was over the top. It was all over the top. Okay. Um, but so funny. you did not enjoy it. No, I totally enjoyed it. Oh, because the words that you were using didn't over, seem over the to, top and overacted. Didn't yeah, I think I think I, I am sure fourteen seasons in, it's mm-hmm. going to be a very well polished, very well acted okay. comedy. Okay. I just think I'm so. Just so the, you know, all those guys—they're the writers, they're the producers. That the, the three guys are the writers, producers. They they. Okay, it's so their had, so, show from so, the ground up. So had any of them acted before? Charlie acted before. All right, I'll keep an eye on that. But Glenn, uh, the the skinny guy, the guy that wound up having sex with like the, the men in the episode, he thought it was like a woman. That guy, Dennis, he plays the bartender. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he went to Juilliard. He's actually a very good Ooh. actor. And as the show Ooh. goes on, his all their characters are going to eventually evolve. Um, especially Dee's character. Like in the first season, Dee, the sister, Sweet Dee. Oh, Dee. <laughs> she's basically like, she plays a foil to the guys. She's uh, like the voice of reason. But then she told them like, that makes her annoying. So she asked them to rewrite her as part of the gang and like, just be an asshole just like them. So the whole point of the show is this. These are four assholes. Okay. Who are put into situations with like normal humans and they're acting like assholes, and this is like, in in the face of like normalcy, they continue to plow through and act like assholes and pretend everyone else is the problem mm. when they themselves are like the major problem. I see why you like this show so oh, much. It's <laughs> such a great show, such a great show. Yeah. So anyway, how'd you manage to watch it? I thought the I had to watch it on my phone. Man. Good. I had to watch it on my phone. Mm. So my my phone can handle the codec, but my smart TV couldn't handle it. Mm. It's weird. My TV's pretty old though. So is my phone though. Well, I'm glad that you brought mm. up a 20 year old show to appeal yeah, to man, our, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I mean, I would just shut demographic. the fuck up and let you do all the talking, Mister. <laughs> I got nothing nice to say about anything Scott has to say. So, so in order to appeal to our demographic, you're a little obsessed. By 20. the way, you mm-hmm. want to have like a, like a reputation of like mm-hmm. being a little obsessed with the 18 to 25 oh, we, year olds. We need to get the 18 to 25 year olds on board. So what I have done, Scott, is <laughs> don't include me in this if it's going to be incriminating. We are going to immerse ourselves <laughs> in the language of young Gen Zers so that we may incorporate this language into our ah, discourse. That'd be gnarly, man. Okay. Well, no. 
Oh. <laughs> Let's not use gnarly. It makes you All sound right. chuggy. Okay. All right. A word? We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. The first. Did you say chuggy? Chuggy. Right. Is, that, is that some modern slang? Are you cool or are you chuggy? Okay. I, I put cool in the gang. I said that at the beginning of the episode. Chuggy is used to describe uncool things that are either out of style or trying too hard to be in style. Oh, you are chuggy. Okay. So <laughs> chuggy. All right. Now, you're going to remember that? You're going to have to drop There's that no into conversation. Chance. There's no chance I'll remember, but I'll try. I'll try. We got no cap. You ever hear of no cap? No ceiling, no limit? You've likely seen cap and no cap on social media. Nope. Um, to cap about something means to brag or exaggerate or lie about it. Okay. Mm. Uh, no cap means that shit's for real. That's no lie. That's no cap. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, cap means to brag about something. Mm-hmm. And then when people are like, ah, they're doubting you fucking because you're capping off. Mm-hmm. You go, no, no, that's, that's no cap. No cap. That's like, that's like opposing yourself. It's like peruse and peruse. It's a little chuggy, right? <laughs> chuggy. <laughs> chuggy. <laughs> I don't like it. So far, I don't like that one. Right. What about hits different? That shit hits different. I mean, like more powerfully or just like outside the norm. Um, To hit different means uh, to have an effect or influence. Yeah, yeah. Effect severely, yeah. yeah. Uh, Main character. Okay. Main character. Yeah. Like if you're the main character... Um, it's a trend in which people post a montage of their life featuring themselves as the main character, or they reenact popular scenes from favorite movies and TV shows. We actually have a friend, our friend Joe, mm-hmm. who I say is constantly having Hollywood moments, like where we're all like hanging out and our friend Joe will like drift away by himself and like he'll walk all contemplatively, you know what I mean? And it looks like it's one of those like, scenes at the end of a Hollywood movie where like a man is like walking alone after like a long adventure and he's just like pondering life. Joe has those moments all the time. You sure he's not just going to the bathroom and, and you're looking at the, him and walking I away? I know for a certainty that he's thinking that he's having a Hollywood moment. Like I know he's thinking cinematically, like he's framing it, like what it must look like to outsiders. I know this goes on. To outsiders or to the people he's walking away from? Like, why would outsiders it's think the same he's thing? Him? Anyone who's looking at him. Hmm. Anyone looking at him. Well, I'm going to say, based on your observation, mm-hmm. he's correct. He, you, you are totally enraptured by his walking away. Yes, because he's doing it. It's an affect that I'm that I'm seeing. Okay. Well, then we've got. I just thought he was going to the bathroom around for a smoke, man. No. I mean, I don't want to keep going on and on about this, but I'm saying, like, if we're hanging out outside, he'll walk away. I'm not saying he's going anywhere. He walks away, and he's just, like, hanging out, like, walking along the shore of the ocean. He's not going into a facility to piss. He's just, like... So he's being a main character? He's being a main character. But I used to call it Hollywood moment. So basically, these are all terms for shit that we've already identified. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Right. So we're going to have to relearn language now. Okay. I mean, you don't have to, Scott. I'm not doing the cap and no But if no you want to continue to languish with the same like old like people listening fine, to fine, us. Man. That's fine. We can do it. Yeah, but I'm not I'm using saying. cap and no cap because make up your fucking mind. It's either cap or no cap. Why not both? Why not? Let's make sure no words have any meaning at the end of the show, all right? 
Every word means some other word. We could do that. No, it's stupid. No meaning. Yeah, whatever, man. Go on. Snatched. You know what snatched is? <laughs> yeah, it means you either got kidnapped or your chain got snatched. Or, or <laughs> you know, between the legs, you know, you know snatch. You got snatched. Yeah. Like pussy whip. Well, I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> oh, but like, shit, you got snatched, she, son. She, you never go out no, anymore. No, see, I, I, w- I would think of it more of as like, yo, she snatched you up. Oh, Like she went out and she got, she got what she wanted. Nah, that's misogynistic, man. No, it's not. Okay. But the pussy whip comment wasn't? Oh, it was 100% misogynistic. Oh, so you'll be more truthful about the misogyny. I'm just lying about it, right? Oh, for sure. (laughs) No cap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So snatched means fierce or on point, particularly when it comes to someone's hair, makeup, and physical appearance, which is weird because the last I heard, it was being on fleek. If you were on fleek... Man, I haven't heard on fleek. That was like the five year ago version of being snatched. Snatch is like it doesn't make sense. I mean fleek's not even a word, but at least like you made up a word on fleek. Yes. On fleek. It makes it even (laughs) of less meaning. But snatch, that's stupid. I'm not using snatched. Bet. No doubt. That's that's right. It's an affirmation. Mm. Or it could mean like cool or I'm down. I worked with a guy who said bet all the time. Bet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've ago. been used. We used to say bet, didn't we? No, not really. You don't think so? No, I would say no because I remember that guy distinctly as the one guy in my life that used to say it all the time. Like it wouldn't have stood out if everybody was using it right. at the time. So, but this was a couple of years ago. He was using that word. Understood the assignment, meaning exactly that. So you understood the assignment, but you use it in specific like situations. So, in other words, like if Marjorie Taylor Greene like tweets something. And then you post like a snarky comment. You understood the assignment. <laughs> See, on my job, often we say things like, "So you didn't understand the assignment." Right. Well, <laughs> in real life, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, boomer. That's probably something that you're gonna have to start getting that's like awesome. used to hearing a lot. Nah, man, not me, man. My time, my my humor is like classic. My common sense is classic. What about I'm say trans- less? What do you think say less means? That mean, I kind of feel that coming from you all the time. Like, you mm-hmm. want me to say less. Because every time I say something, you shut it down. You fucking... So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Scott's feeling very sensitive today. Uh, no, in this you case... Came, you came in hot, man. Say... Okay. In this case, say <laughs> See less... See what I'm saying? Yeah, that was dismissive. I'm not... I don't want to argue. We're not arguing, man. Um. So, say less means I understand. So, say less. I got you. You know, like... You got it. I, I totally get it, man. We're simpatico. Say less. What about slaps? <laughs> Sounds like sexual. Something sl- sexual. Like slaps. Yeah. Slap that ass. Slap it. What that sound. Slapping sound. Yeah. No, it, it means to be excellent or amazing. I mean, that could that, be that sexual slaps. too, right? Yeah. yeah. Your podcasting slaps, Rusty. <laughs> Low key, high key. Mm. Uh, means quiet, restrained, moderate. Mm-hmm. Simp, you know what that means. <laughs> if you're Describes simping, most people I know. No, I, no, I don't say anything like that. No. Um, if you're a simp, like you're you're submissive, usually for like a woman or something. So if you're a man, mm. if you're a hetero man, I guess. Mm. So like, um, no matter what uh, Selena Gomez says, and you defend her, you're simping for Selena Gomez. You know. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, you know, these are some some words. Which which ones do you think you can incorporate into your everyday? What was the first Chuggy? one? 
<laughs> chuggy was the chuggy, first one. Yeah. Chuggy means <laughs> uncool. It's not even a fucking you're, word. You're being man. a little chuggy. chuggy. Chuggy is oh, chuggy. It's totally made up. Yeah, yeah chuggy's totally made up. So just making up sounds is, I don't know. There's sus. You know, I don't sus. like sus, man. You don't I told like you, sus. I've told you that many times. Why don't you like sus? Because I, I just don't like it. But it's, and when you sprung it on me that first time, I was like, "That's like it stopped me dead in my tracks, man." That's, sus sounds like a weak word. It's sus. It sounds like a weak word. It's a sus I perspective. I gotta say, <sighs> I just I don't know if I could, you know, I don't know if I can uh, roll with you, man. If you don't like sus, I'm sorry. <laughs> you heard about Dion? You're, si- you're simping for sus over here. I am. <laughs> I'm totally simping. I'm a sus stan. You know that term, stan. No. If you're a stan, you're like that's like team. Whatever, you know. So I'm team sus. I stand for sus. Yeah, I liked it better when slang made sense, man. All right. Well, let's uh, have something else make sense. Um, we have a lot to cover tonight, I think, in our biblical discourse. So the question becomes this, Scott. <laughs> do we dive into the biblical discourse or... Do we have more conversations? You know me, man. I ain't got nothing interesting to say to anybody. Man. At all. So, nothing. So we could just jump right in, I guess. Well, we're not really jumping right in. We've we've had several minutes of non-jumping right now. I mean, we we did have like our weekly outreach to our younger demographic. Yeah. I'll tell you this, man. I've had such a rough week and such a rough day. I barely remember any of those words you just read off to me. Why? Uh, what was so that, rough? Just, work? Yeah, just work. A lot of work shit. Just bullshit. Yeah, just yeah. aggravation. Just work. Yeah, work aggravation because of other people or because oh, of the work. Come on, man. I listen. I I, I like to work. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll work at any job. Mm-hmm. It's the people around you that make your life like, I like mean, work. It's suck. not difficult to see. Nah, it's just fucking. So it was right. We got a lot of deliverables. It's so. like when I come here, I I feel like I get a lot of that residue. Like, you're already suspicious of everything that I'm saying and everything I'm doing. And so I get, like, the residue of, like, your shitty, hey, like, interactions want, listen, with people all week. Listen, I don't want to And then I get blamed for, like, some bullshit because, like, you fucking have a problem with other people. And I'm just projecting it onto you. Not so much projecting it, but, like, you're nitpicking in order to vent onto me. Yes. Have I been nit- nitpicking you? No, not so much nitpicking. You're reading into the things that I say. You're amplifying them because it's a way for you to vent in a way that you can't in a professional setting. No, I'm all vented out. I, I, th- I would think if that's true, and I'm not, I'm not admitting to that being true, mm-hmm. if that is true, it's more of, a, of me being tired and cranky more than anything else. Okay. Not that I'm vent- I don't know. No, I'm not, no, I'm not. So you're tired and cranky, that's and as the, a but, result- but, not, but I'm not using it to vent on you. I'm just tired and cranky, so I'm sensitive right. and cranky. Well, I mean, I think you should direct your crankiness towards like people who deserve it, like Yahweh, <laughs> like the fucking Israelites- you know what I mean? And Wait, so you can turn around and apologize for the man? Nah, man. I mean, if I have to apologize yeah. for them against an anti-Semite, then I, I will. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I'm not going to respond because it's just me being tired. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, deny it. Uh, I deny it wholeheartedly. All right, so I still don't know what a Semite is. A Semite? Did we determine that yet? Semitic people, people from that region. So people from that region. Has the term been used in in our reading so far? I don't think so, no. Okay, so. Hmm. No. no. But the word has been used in our life. 
We're not talking about our lives, man. All right, I'm tired. I'm, I'm done with that. Con- I'm so done with that. Con- I'm, then stop I'm like, fucking diving I'm, into it, I'm man. I'm 50 episodes past that conversation. Uh, yeah. All right. So the question is, do you want to like <laughs> complain about your work week? No. Are you sure? I'm sure. Yes. You want to call out people? Uh, just you, man. Name names, Scott. Just you, man. Name names. No, there's no, no I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, then. Let's get into Joshua 18 because... And by the way, I rarely drop names on the show. You never drop names no. on the show. No. Never. Never. Um, so today we're going to finish up the book of Joshua. Oh, you gave it away. Now they know. I didn't even know until like an hour ago. I was so. actually going to say maybe we're going to finish up <laughs> yeah, the book. Just... The, the plan is to finish it up, right? Get yeah. Plow through 18 to 24... Like so many men, plow through eighteen twenty-four. Like so many men again. have plowed through your mom. So let's, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see, get see how it. I told my joke and still heard yours. <laughs> <sighs> what? Yeah, right. So we're gonna plow through eighteen to twenty-four-year-olds, right? Is that what you're saying? What? What? <laughs> um. So the plan is to plow through eighteen to twenty-four. But I don't know if we're going to make it that no, far. Not at this pace. No, not at this pace. <sighs> All right. So, Joshua 18, we left off, and there was a whole bunch of allotment of land. Basically, like, it was like words to describe what a map should be. You know, like, they should have just put, like, a map yeah. in, in the place of, like, those seven chapters. Yeah, it, it definitely, like, it's a land survey. Yeah. So, it definitely could have been a map with lines. So that gets us to the territories of the remaining tribes in Joshua 18. Uh, Then the whole congregation of the Israelites assembled at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The land lay subdued before them. There remained among the Israelites seven tribes whose inheritance had not yet been apportioned. Okay. The land lay subdued before them. Hmm. You mean drenched in innocent's blood? Blood, yeah, yeah. And fucking shit burning and shit destroyed? The land lay subdued before them. Mm. I just want to say how, how they can paint a certain narrative to put themselves in a certain light or not put them in, in, in a certain light. I don't like it, man. No. No, go I, on. I wouldn't think you would, Scott. No. Nobody should like per- it. Perhaps if this was a different group of people, <laughs> you would be more, you know, encouraging of I their see actions. see what you're doing here, man. I see what you're doing here. All right. So, basically, there's still seven tribes who need to have territories distributed to them. Yeah, and I'm going to point out, I think they're the, the, the seven lazy tribes, you right? Think they're lazy? Yeah. Because they're the ones that haven't, like, taken over anything? Joshua kind of walks in and goes, what the fuck are you doing with yeah. your feet up, fucking smoking cigarettes, drinking beers? So this is so he's about to say that. Yeah. So Joshua says to the Israelites, how long will you be slack about going in and taking possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? Right. So, number one, it's funny because God promised them this land, right? God never said uh, you're going to have to kill and maim and rape and like whatever else for this land. No. Okay. That's all out of the way now, though. It's kind (laughs) of like false advertising. It's kind of like watching cartoons as a kid and seeing like an advertisement for like a great toy. And then you buy the toy, and then you realize like it's not really as advertised. Like the things don't really shoot. That's Yahweh. It doesn't like really word. make that noise. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. It doesn't fly. It doesn't like do the loop, the loop, whatever no, it is. No, no, it does the loop, the loop, but it doesn't show the kid's arm attached to it, making it do the loop, the <laughs> right, loop. Right. <laughs> Leave that fucking part out. 
We're going to get right back to the show. But before we do, we'd like to invite you to come visit our Patreon. Each week, we discuss a new topic at the intersection of society and religion. We explore the encroachment of religion onto secular institutions, such as schools, workplaces, and government. In addition, we'll investigate whether religion practices what it preaches. So, after this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash libelthebible and join in the conversation. And now, back to the show. And you know what? Why haven't you gone out into the land that the Lord has promised you and delivered to you? Why can't they just say the land at this point? Like, why is everything so fucking long-winded? It is long-winded, Every right? fucking part of it is long-winded, man. Yeah. Provide three men from each tribe, Joshua continues, <laughs> and I will send them out that they may begin to go throughout the land, writing a description of it with a view to their inheritances. Then come back to me. They shall divide it into seven portions. Judah continuing in its territory on the south and the house of Joseph in their territory on the north. So basically he wants to send out scouts, right? More scouts into the land so they can provide like a report and write up on it. He's basically like, yo, we got land to a portion here. This is how you do it, you lazy, stupid, incompetent fucks. Like, they're sitting around waiting for orders. But maybe they've been trained this way at this point. They're not going to take anything for granted. We apportioned, like, what, like three tribes already or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's still seven to go. And they're like, you know, we weren't told to do it, so let's just sit tight. Because we might do it wrong. And what happens if they do it wrong? So, you know what, maybe I I shouldn't be so critical of that. It's true. It's kind of like I complain about kids today, how... Kids are so reliant and dependent on parents. Like it takes them so long to grow up. But then that's our fault also because we've conditioned them to be like reliant on us. You know, we infantilize them for too long. We don't allow them the freedom that we had, you mm. and I, like when we were kids. For And a lot of times for the better, you know, like kids should stay innocent for longer. Yeah. But still, like it annoys me. But. That's it's like it's also my fault, so I can't complain about it. Same with the Israelites, you know. Like Yahweh has trained them; He's conditioned them. Yeah, I was way too young to have my father hand me a gun, say "shoot anybody who moves" while I, while I take this register. You know, I definitely grew up too fast. Well, look, every family's different. So, speaking right? of that, do you find um do you find yourself since you have a, a a child and you meet a lot of parents, do you find yourself around like a lot of helicopter parenting parents? I mean, again, everything is in degrees, right? Yeah. So when you say helicopter parents, I would say to a, to a degree we're all helicopter yeah, parents. Much more than our parents were to us. Yes. Oh, oh for sure. Oh. We're, we're very much. Like, for example, my eight-year-old, we live in an apartment building, and I sent him down this week to the basement on the elevator by himself for the first time to okay. drop off, like, recycling, okay. you know? And my wife was like, sus about it. She wasn't <laughs> sure if, you know, no cap. it's like a good idea, right? <laughs> so it's like when I was eight years old, I was, I literally was roaming the streets of Brooklyn from like sunrise to sundown. With a pickpocket gang, right? I mean, you know, like from the southern end of Kensington in Brooklyn to like mid Midwood. Mm-hmm. So like I'm talking about like, Four square miles. Yeah. I could be anywhere in f- four square miles of Brooklyn when I was eight. Yeah, you had your territory. No one no, knew anything. None of the adults knew anything. Yeah, they so, didn't want to know, man. So here's the fucked up part about this land, Scott. Yeah, Joshua th- continues. 
You shall write a description of the land in seven divisions and bring the description here to me. And I will cast lots for you here before the Lord our God. I want you to think about this. Yahweh's promising them the promised land since fucking Abraham. Now there's all these tribes that he's fucked around with in the wilderness for 40 fucking years, right? Mm-hmm. When you say he's fucked with, you talking about Yahweh? Yahweh, okay. yeah, like Yahweh. Now, finally, like, they've conquered the land. The land lies before them, ready to be taken. Uh, oh, oh. Um, you're telling me he didn't have a better plan? Because remember last week we did debate about, like, you brought up the point, which I dismissed, but I was wrong. You brought up the point of how, Shocking. like, the land seems to be being given out randomly. And I was like, of course it's not random. Because remember, even when they were camping, Yahweh had very specific instructions for how each tribe, where they were supposed to be in relation to, mm. like, the tabernacle. So how can the land, where they will settle for all history, how can that mm. be random? But here it is. I will cast lots. He's basically drawing straws. Mm. So there is no plan for dividing this land. Well, it make it makes sense that it was all organized while they were on the move because sometimes they had to move quick and they had to settle quick. So I can understand that. Now they, I guess, they're all taking like a collective deep breath. Like, ah, oh, there's no rush now. There's no you think rush. that's we're what here. it is, as opposed to no, just like not. poor planning and just like not giving a fuck? It could be that. It's kind of like he was stringing them along this whole time and. I don't think he ever thought that they'd actually reach a point where they would actually conquer the land. And he's like, fuck, what do I do now? It all made sense when we were just walking all yeah. the time. We're just walking. I just had them collecting, like, materials for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it continues. It does. The Levites had no portion among you, Joshua continues to tell them. Can, can, I, let me, let me, can we yeah, go back yeah. to uh, verse 8? Sure. So he said, I haven't reached verse eight. Yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so I'm on verse seven right now. Yeah. The Levites have no portion among you. Again, they want to remind everyone, all the Levites who are reading this. The Levites have no portion among you for the priesthood of the Lord is their heritage. And Gad and Reuben and the half tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond the Jordan eastward, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. So I'm going to ask this. The, the remaining tribes, how come certain tribes were already allotted land? Are they, are they, are they the favored tribes? Like why were they? Why, why, I'm not talking about the two and a half that are staying outside. So I would Once say, internally, who the fuck would I, Why did they get shit? So I would say that the half tribes of Manasseh, right? Um, and who's the other half of that tribe? Whatever. I would say they are favored because they were the sons of Joseph. Who yeah, was like yeah, favored, yeah. Right? right? So that, that explains the half tribe, the split tribe, and it explains the two that already agreed on outside the Jordan. But other tribes already got settled, and why is that, man? Well, Reuben, he was pretty much cursed, I think. Mm. Remember, uh, I think Reuben was the guy that banged Jacob's like wife. So Jacob, like at the end of his life, sort of like told yeah. him not. He was like, "You're not gonna get anything," because Reuben was the oldest brother. He's the one that saved. Joseph's life. Remember when they threw Joseph into the mm. pit and Reuben was the one that convinced his brothers to like get him out of the pit yeah. and just sell him off. Yeah. So we thought Reuben was like the man, he was going to get a good inheritance, but apparently he laid with like one of his dad's concubines. So I think giving him land 
was easy because he didn't get all that much. So they got mm. they got rid of like the easy ones right away. Like you're gonna get a lot of land because you're like descended from a favorite son. Okay. You're not gonna get a lot of land because you're descended from a shit son. You know what I mean? And then Gad, I, the Gadites, aren't those the guys that showed up? They pretended they were from a faraway land. No, those are the Gibeonites. Oh, the Gibeonites. Gibeonites. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, we, yeah they, they're, they're interspersed. Can we go visit, re, revisit Reuben for a second? Yeah. So his, they, they threw him in the pit, and they were going to kill him. They were going to say a wild animal killed Not, him. Uh, Josh. Uh, Joseph. Right, right. And Reuben was like, no, no, let's get him out of there. And like he was like appealing to them, saying, yeah, yeah, we'll still fuck him, but he didn't want to kill him. And we thought that was very noble of Reuben. But when you just said it, I thought in my head, I was like, wait a minute. We can kill Joseph and make up a story, or we can sell him and make up a story, but now have cash in our pocket because we sold him. So but, maybe Reuben was looking to make a buck off it. Maybe. But we don't have to revisit that. Maybe. Man. This book does not warrant going back. Like People shouldn't go back and revisit not it and re-examine all. it. Not at all. As soon as read it, whatever you get off face value, that's what it should be. I got to tell you, I think you're saying that facetiously, but you're not <laughs> wrong. Because if you're smart enough, you can almost turn this into anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're devious enough, if you're clever enough. Yeah. So that gets us to Joshua 8. So the men started on their way, and Joshua charged those who went to write the description of the land, saying, Go throughout the land and write a description of it, and come back to me, and I will cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. So go ahead, Scott. What did you want so, to say about do this? Do you think they all turned to him and go, No shit, dude. That's where we're going. <laughs> well, you just, you told, just us, told us. <laughs> in fairness, Joshua is up there in age. <laughs> you know, he might be suffering fair from enough, like... Fair so someone grabs the guy by the shoulder and goes, let him go. Let him go. Come on, let's go. He's having let's a go. senior moment. Come on. Come on. You're going to be like that one day, too. I'm like that now. I, I was talking in characters to characters. Oh, uh, okay. But, but, true. So the men went and traversed the land and set down in a book a description of it by towns and seven divisions. Then they came back to Joshua in the camp at Shiloh, and Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord. And there, Joshua apportioned the land to the Israelites, to each a portion. And then, basically, the rest of this chapter is a description of the territory of Benjamin. Uh, the tribe of Benjamin gets this and blah, 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 from this to this to that to this to the that. The only interesting note was that Benjamin's lot fell between the lots of Judah and Joseph. Oh, yeah. shit. Very interesting. Wow. I hope uh, they didn't uh, find too many, like... Uh, problems with that yeah how much corruption do you think was involved in these allotments i think it was completely yeah corrupt. like if somebody got paid right like no, you know, 100% because there's got to be people that like got shit backs happening yeah, yeah you got to be in with like joshua yeah. you know what i mean it's all about networking and who you know yeah so that gets us to joshua 19 the territory of simeon um oh wait wait wait, wait. i'm sorry um 18 chapter uh verse 21 i just want to point out that the what is it? The territory of Benjamin. Benjamin got Jerusalem, which I think probably comes up in history later on. Mm-hmm. So the territory of Benjamin. Very twenty one. Uh, eighteen eleven territory of Benjamin. If you scroll, it's in there. It's in this long drawn out thing okay. of the list of towns. They get they they're the ones that get Jerusalem. Okay. Uh, that gets us to the territory of Simeon. Uh, the inheritance of the tribe of Simeon in uh, Joshua 19, verse 9, the inheritance of the tribe of Simeon formed part of the territory of Judah because the portion of the tribe of Judah was too large for them. 
the tribe of Simeon obtained an inheritance within their inheritance. So huh. it seems like Judah received so much land that they gave Simeon some extra land. Is that like, am I that, reading that, this yeah, right? Yeah, you are reading that right. But I'm like wondering, like, if with Judah, like, the people are putting down their tents. And then here come the Simeons going, oh, this is too big for them. And they're like, yo, shut the fucking mind your fucking business, man. You think this is happening in the West Bank? Uh, <laughs> oh, it could be. Sure, sure. But all I know is, forget all that, Simeon gets Beersheba. That's pretty cool. Oh, nice. So that's your favorite part yeah, of the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. I put an exclamation mark on it. So that gets us to the territory of Zebulon. They get a portion of their territory. I wrote, not a damn point of interest here. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, west of the Euphrates, to east of this, to north of that, mm-hmm. to south of this. Then that gets us to the territory of Issachar, and that's also pretty much... Well, it does describe that they their boundary ends at the Jordan, so they have riverfront property at least. Okay. That only the rich will settle on. It won't be like for beaches and for like the average people, I'm sure. That was, I'm sorry, that was the territory of Issachar? Yeah. Then that gets us to the territory of Asher. Pretty much same thing, right? They allot the land to them. That gets us to the territory of Naphtali. Nothing interesting. Nothing there. And then that gets us to the territory of Dan, where there is some interesting things going on. Okay. In the territory of Dan, um, Joshua 19, verse 40, the seventh lot came out for the tribe of Dan according to its families. The territory of its inheritance included Zora, blah, blah, blah. It's going to like name a whole bunch of things. Then it gets to this section in verse 47. When the territory of the Danites was lost to them, the Danites went up and fought against Leshem. And after capturing it and putting it to the sword, they took possession of it and settled in it, calling Leshem Dan after their ancestor Dan. Uh This is the inheritance of the tribe of Dan, according to their families, these towns with their villages. I, I I had a note saying I don't understand this, but I, yeah. I guess I do understand. Yeah, it, it looks like maybe they, they they went through the land and like some survivors popped back up and kind of tried to rebuild their settlement or something. Why did they have to call it Leshem? Why did they have to keep the name of the old place? Why not just call it Dan? One final fucking insult. Mm. It's like, uh, yo, oh, you live in York? Well, this is York Rusty now. Oh, nice. Like, okay. so just something That's like fair. just just you always remember how we took this from you. Yeah, yeah. fucking dicks. Don't forget I mean, not who your da- don't forget who your daddy is. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, that gets us to Joshua's inheritance because Joshua's the main man. So now it's all the territories game, right? have been divvied up, divvied up right? Um, Joshua's inheritance. Uh, Joshua 19, verse 49. When they had finished distributing the several territories of the land as inheritances, the Israelites gave an inheritance among them to Joshua, son of Nun. By command of the Lord... They gave him the town that he asked for, Timnath Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim. He rebuilt the town and settled in it. Do you think it was the hill country who also had the hill of foreskins? <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. I'm the king. I get that shit. <laughs> That's the perks of being Joshua. Yeah. You get access to all the good foreskins. Ro- rolling around on some foreskins. Although they're not that fresh at this point because it is like many decades later now. Oh, they're probably all like shriveled up and like. Yeah. Uh, because I think that was like early on when they crossed like the Jordan, right? The Hill of Foreskins. Yeah. Do you think animals like came and got them? 
Uh, yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, like I, birds grabbing them, so taking out worms. I don't know, but I think we should definitely get our best archaeologists on that, mm. like to find out, like where is that hill of foreskins? What do what do um what's the ceremony called when a, a Jewish person gets circumcised? A bris is that the bris? Well, it, that's the religious ceremony, a bris. Okay, what do they do? With so, the in other fo- words. Um, if a Jewish person is born in a hospital and is circumcised, that's just the circumcision. Gotcha. If it's like a ritual ceremony with a rabbi, and like, then that's a bris. I can't believe I haven't asked this before. Like, what happens to modern day foreskins that got cut off? Like, what? Like in a hospital, what do they do with the foreskin? I don't know. What do they do with an appendix? They take out. I don't know that either. I don't know. Hmm, weird. All right, what do they do with them at a bris? They send it to a lab. They probably test it in the lab. For what? For cancer, for whatever, whatever. The foreskin or the appendix? Everything. I would imagine <laughs> anything. A 60-year-old, 60-year-old anything, foreskin. Go anything that gets cancer. surgically removed probably gets sent for testing, uh, right? Yeah, I guess. And then what? There's probably, it gets thrown out. Okay, where where do brisses usually happen? In facilities or like in homes, like people's homes? Like- Not in facilities, bro. Like right, it, so, could, it could be like in a restaurant or. Oh, you said home. you like got one done in a dungeon, right? When you when you got yours done, like some. No, sink, I got no. Sink I got, covered in ice or something. It was definitely like that. Yes. All right, so they they do this in people's homes and stuff. Like I'm just wondering what happens to the foreskin if it's happening in a home. Yes, I don't know. We don't care if it's in a hospital because they have ways of disposing of shit. I mean, I guess we can look it up if we're oh, that oh, curious. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, let's move on. Well, let's move on. Yeah. All right. So that gets us to Joshua 19 verse 51. Uh, these are the inheritances that the priest Eliezer and Joshua, son of Nun, and the heads of the families of the tribes of the Israelites, distributed by a lot at Shiloh before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So they finished dividing the land. Good job, guys. Job well done. Took a little work, but thanks. That gets us to Joshua 20, the cities of refuge. Um, then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying... <laughs> You all right? You want to read this? Mm-mm. No. Let that you, not the material. <laughs> Say to the Israelites, appoint the cities of refuge of which I spoke to you through Moses so that anyone who kills a person without an... All right. As I'm reading this, I want you to think about Yahweh is very, very, very specific about like scenarios under which you can seek refuge as if like he's experienced some of this before you know what i mean most possible mostly possible yeah you can see shit because you was doing shit you know (laughs) one of those kinds of situations say to the israelites appoint the cities of refuge of which i spoke to you through moses so that anyone who kills a person without intent or by mistake may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge from the avenger of blood. The slayer shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and explain the case to the elders of that city. Then the fugitive shall be taken into the city and given a place and shall remain with them. And if the avenger of blood is in pursuit, they shall not give up the slayer, because the neighbor was killed by mistake, there having been no enmity between them before. 
the slayer shall remain in that city until there is a trial before the congregation, until the death of the one who is the high priest at the time. Then the slayer may return home to the town in which the deed was done. Yeah. I mean, basically, he's like creating Australia, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. Australia was a penal colony, and only people that were actually convicted were sent there. Penal. Penal. <laughs> <laughs> For right. foreskins are. So then they like basically set up like these towns, and they create refuge yes. cities. So somebody sent me an article. I started perusing it in the not really interesting. Not you, really going. Did into you peruse it, it or did you peruse it? I second. You perused, perused it. it, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was about a bunch of rabbis chiming in on Alec Baldwin accidentally killing that person on set, and could he go to a refuge city as to, like, like, like they really got into a conversation. Really? I didn't read the whole article. Are Maybe. there, is there actually a thing like a refuge city in the United States of America? I mean, we, we joke about sanctuary cities, but no, there's no, not, nothing like that, really. <clears throat> so they mention that the slayer shall remain in the city until there's a trial before the congregation, blah, 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 until the death of the one who was high priest at the time. Then the slayer may return home. That's the high priest in the city where the slaying happened? When they say high priest, do they mean like the most like exalted, like highest level? Or do they mean the highest like he like took some shrooms and like he is <laughs> fucked up, yo? Okay, let's go with the first one. He's just the highest priest. Okay. But is he the highest of all priests or is he the highest priest in the city where in it happened? In the city. In the city. Where it happened or where he's seeking refuge? It he's, makes sense to, in the city that it happened. I'm assuming, I'm assuming since it's a refuge city. That it's a specific priest in a refuge city, so like the high priest of that city, not a high priest amongst all the Israelites. So you're saying the high priest they're talking about is the one in the refuge city, not where the crime, to, uh, the slaying took place. Correct. That makes sense because he's a neutral party. Yeah, but when the neutral party dies, he can return home then? I would think it's the priest in the city where the slaying Well, read the part. Where is it? Uh, t- uh, 20 verse 6. 20 verse 6. The slayer shall remain in that city until there is a trial before the congregation, until the death of the one who is high priest at the time. Yeah, I don't know. Then the slayer may return home. So I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. If you want to kill somebody and make it, look like, make it look like an accident, check the age of the high priest. Like, if he's close to death, carry it out, man. Well, Go into exile for a few months in the refuge city. When the old geezer kicks the can, yeah. you come home. And it's not a bad plan. You would also, though, have to see, like, about his ancestors, how long they lived. Oh, yeah. Like, you were idea. saying, like, people in your family, like, are yeah. long-lived, you know? Yeah. So, that gets us to Joshua 21. Cities allotted to the Levites. Wait, wait, wait. Can, 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 I, can I point out this... Um, so they talk about um, these refuge cities and the fact that they need them and people are pursuing them with bloodlust just goes to show that these people are quick to not even listen to reason. They just want to kill. Like, I killed you accidentally. All of a sudden, a mob shows up and I got to run. Literally run from this lynch mob without even... They don't even know my story. They're looking for blood. These people are bloodthirsty. That is all. I mean, I understand your point. Mm-hmm. Okay. But all I'm hearing is these people. Hey. When you say these people, 
Who specifically do you mean? Listen, man. The Israelites? Listen, if I throw a brick into a chicken coop, the mm-hmm. one who clucks is the one that got hit. No, but I'm going to I'm gonna be serious for a second, though. I'm talking about the Israelites. The Israelites. Yeah. Okay. What makes you think <clears throat> that the Israelites stand apart from any other quote-unquote society at that time you you use that argument a lot to 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 apologize for them i'm not i don't know i don't know how the other people live there's no stories about them Mm -hmm. okay i'm not saying listen you're probably right i've watched game of thrones it seems like every medieval culture is fucked up like this i mean this is even before before medieval Yeah, yeah this is way before medieval so maybe medieval people were as violent as they were because they were reading these fucking violent books. Or the books were violent because the people mm. were violent. Yeah, maybe. Oh, so you're saying the art created the <laughs> violence. <laughs> Before video games, there was this book. Maybe you should go vote for uh, Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene. Yeah, maybe I should, man. Cities allotted to the Levites, Joshua 21. <clears throat> then the heads of the families of the Levites came to the priest Eliezer and to Joshua, son of Nun, and to the heads of the families of the tribes of the Israelites. They said to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, The Lord commanded through Moses that we be given towns to live in, along with their pasture lands for our livestock. So by command of the Lord, the Israelites gave to the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their inheritance. And then it goes on like, you know, which tribes gave which pasture lands to like the different groups of Levites. I had thought originally mm-hmm. that the Levites would not be given anything. They'd be given they'd be allowed to have houses and stuff mm-hmm. and like land for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know they were gonna be like given towns and villages and even cities. I thought they were just going to be interspersed amongst the population. Well, it so seems to me like they are. They're not being given towns. It seems to me like they're being given lots. All right, okay, pasture lands yeah. because they are in charge of the sacrifices, right? So they have to provide the sheep and the goats to Yahweh, right? The burnt right. offerings. So, uh, skipping down all the way to Joshua twenty-one. Verse 41. Yeah, it's right. I the same way, yeah. The towns of the Levites within the holdings of the Israelites were in all 48 towns with their pasture lands. Each of these towns had its pasture lands around it. So it was with all these towns. Yeah, I got stuff to say about this, man. Go ahead. First of all, each of these towns had its pasture lands around it. So it was with all of these towns. He's repeating himself now in the same fucking sentence. Yeah. And did you notice a pattern in this this, this entire chapter? The word pasture lands is repeated a lot. 57 times. Yeah. 57 times. Yeah. And I was like, was there a guy with like Tourette's like writing this? He was like, and hey, ah, pasture lands. Fuck pasture lands. Oh, I can't make fun of guys with Tourette's now. I All think. Right. I think right. I see that look you gave me. I think maybe they were being like paid by the word, you know. They had to like provide a, nah, a minimum we, number of words. Yeah. Mix up the words though. Fifty seven times, man. Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to their ancestors that he would give them. And having taken possession of it, they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. 
Not one of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Now, <laughs> if it was me, this would have been the perfect ending to Joshua. And I thought this was going to be the end. But no, no. it's not. It's not. But I, I, as a matter of fact, I thought like he was going to like keep going. Like This sounds exactly like a, a re-election campaign. It's like... Promises made, promises kept. Vote Yahweh 2024. <laughs> well, it is, there's a lot of like reminding people about yeah. shit. You know what I mean? Like a lot of reminding people. So, yeah, it is like a campaign. Yeah, people haven't changed, though. We still have to tell, remind people of shit. All right. So that gets us to Joshua 22. Um, the Eastern tribes return to their territory. I didn't even know, I don't know what the Eastern tribes are. Well, you know now. I don't know why they left their territory. Why are they coming back to their territory? Well, they, they, they stayed with the fight. They oh, stayed in the fight. They crossed the Jordan, and they said, don't worry, you'll return to these lands when the fighting's done. Oh, okay. Because they were like, yo, we'll, we'll, we'll be in the vanguard. Right. We'll go in with you. Oh, we're not, right. we're not pussying out. Then Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, you have observed all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you and have obeyed me in all that I have commanded you. You have not forsaken your kindred these many days down to this day, but have been careful to keep the charge of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given the rest to your kindred as he promised them. Therefore, turn and go to your tents in the land where your possession lies which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Take good care to observe the commandment and instruction that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, and to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their tents. So basically, he tells the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, your job is done. You've been faithful servants to the Lord. Go live out your lives. Just follow the Torah. Right. Don't forget, because I, I didn't realize at this point like how far away they were going. He was like, yo, take this with They're you. They're like on the take other side with, of yeah. the Jordan or whatever, yeah. right? Do you think uh, Do you think the two and a half tribes turned back? Or like, later, stiff necks. <laughs> fucking out of here. <laughs> It's and then somebody of, said, "No, you my stiff neck. No, you my stiff neck." I think it was kind. It's kind of like when you know your parents are going to go away on vacation, and you're just like waiting and waiting, and, and finally, like they're gone, and you're like, "Woo!" Like you know, like that Tom Cruise like dancing yeah. around in your underwear moment. Yo, man, do you remember? Remember the time like I might have thrown a couple of parties when my parents went away, <laughs> and uh, we had somebody, two guys showing up with a keg. And it was literally like a sitcom moment. Like my parents were late in leaving, so they were walking down the block with the keg on a stick between I do them. Remember this. And they turned the corner, and I was like, "Ixnay on the egg keg." <laughs> <laughs> and they literally had to like make a U-turn with the keg. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Thank you. Now, to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given a possession in Bashan, but to the other half, Joshua had given a possession beside their fellow Israelites in the land west of the Jordan. And when Joshua sent them away to their tents and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your tents with much wealth and with very much livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and with a great quantity of clothing, 
divide the spoil of your enemies with your kindred. So it sounds like, you know, Manasseh had like all these deals going on with Moses, with Joshua. Moses gave them land. Joshua gave them land. And they get to keep like all of these possessions. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking? Well, you know what? They're cut off from the rest of the population. They kind of made that. They, they're pretty far away. So I guess they gave them a bunch of like a going on, like a doggy bags and uh, packs of resources and stuff. In order to survive. Like, yeah. okay. Fair enough. So the Reubenites and the Gadites... And the half-tribe of Manasseh returned home, parting from the Israelites at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead, their own land of which they had taken possession by command of the Lord through Moses. Yeah. I think they're giving the Lord, the, the Lord too much credit. They asked for this. They're like, the Lord commanded this. I mean, he commanded Moses to let them have it, but like yeah. they asked for this. All right. This gets us, Scott, to what I consider <laughs> one of the top five dumb sections that we've read so far. Uh, I liked right? it. I liked it. All right. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't funny. Well, you said it was spicy in your text message. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. A memorial altar east of the Jordan. Joshua 22, verse 10. When they came to the region, we're talking about those three tribes that, you know, the two, two tribes and right, and the half tribe. When they came to the region near the... <laughs> wow, well, you just threw dots at the wall on that one. You know, the three tribes. I mean, the two tribes. I mean, the two and a half tribes. <laughs> it was funny. Go on. <laughs> I said three, then you, you corrected me with half, and I was like, yeah, you're right. Two, yeah. Yeah. When they came to the region near the Jordan that lies in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by the Jordan, an altar of great size. How big do you think the altar was? Like, what's of great size? Like, could it be seen, like, from miles away? Nah, I'm thinking it's like, no, because the altars were kind of puny, right? Yes. So I think anything, like, above, like, man size is probably huge. Right. Okay. Like a house, like a private house size. I don't even think it's that big, but yeah. It's, yeah. The Israelites heard... That the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh had built an altar opposite the land of Canaan in the region near the Jordan across from the Israelites. And when the people of Israel heard of it, the whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh to make (laughs) war against them. The whole assembly, Scott. We're talking about like 2 million people. My note is, oh, fuck, that didn't take long. <laughs> I mean, how Based long? Based on a rumor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, first of all, how long did it take them to reach like across the Jordan? Let's say it took a week. Yeah. Let's say yeah. a week and a half because it's not a large region. No, I mean, Moses is navigating, so they got there pretty quick. <laughs> uh, they built this altar. Not the <clears throat> first one, by the way, that, that has yeah. been built. They have built many altars, yeah, right? Sure. Many markers. Like for remembrance, like remember yeah. when they crossed Stones the Jordan? The river, they, yeah. yeah, like all of these places. Yeah. Okay. So blah, blah, blah. Um, what happens then? The Israelites and the priests. And, well, before you before that, so yeah. I'm wondering, why were they so quick to assume the worst? Like maybe one person, a couple of people may have seen the altar and they went back and told a story. And it circulated so fast that two million people got together and said, do you think they saw them exiting when they were going back to their land? 
they did see the resources they were given or the gold. Maybe they, there was some jealousy there, and it was already like people saw people turned on each other real quick. I got to tell you, I think it's mostly PTSD. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, I kind of mentioned that following up this. Yeah, so I didn't. It's like you don't want to step left, you don't want to step right. Gotcha, you know what gotcha, I mean? Gotcha. So they don't want to take any chances. Gotcha, right, right. They've right. just been given this land. Everything's like going really good, and they're like, "Look at these two and a half tribe fucking assholes!" Like they're already fucking shit up for us. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't realize because so they gather up like a party, mm-hmm. a couple priests, a couple of heads of the uh, the ten tribes that are left, some chiefs. Right. Basically, like um, they meet up that? like in a like a what do you call that um. The heads of the families, a commission. No, the people that go to another country to like be like immigrants, Democrats, like uh, to, not refugees. To, uh, to be fucking what the fuck, man? What's the word, man? They have we have embassies in other countries. What do we call these diplomats? People? Yes, thank you, diplomats. Like basically, they take a diplomatic approach to this. Yeah, they don't just send the army. Right. They go, let's send some people to fucking talk this out first. I mean, in Good fairness, move. though, diplomats, um, couch their language a little more gently. Like these. These people, are like, hey, let's get let's get into it. Yeah. So so they so they meet up, the diplomats as you call them, <laughs> with the leaders of like these tribes that built the altars. And in Joshua twenty two verse sixteen it says, "Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord." Now, do this, you think like they're all speaking in unison, or is it like one person speaking? <laughs> I think for it's all one person. He's saying, "Thus say the whole." Con-, basically saying, I'm, "I speak for the entire okay. tribe of Israel." What is this treachery? See, already not not so diplomatic. What is this treachery that you have committed against the God of Israel in turning away today from following the Lord by building yourselves an altar today in rebellion against the Lord? Have we not had enough of the sin at Peor from which even yet we have not cleansed ourselves and for which a plague came upon the congregation of the Lord that you must turn away today from following the Lord? If you rebel against the Lord today, he will be angry with the whole congregation of Israel tomorrow. But now, if your land is unclean, cross over into the Lord's land where the Lord's tabernacle now stands and take for yourselves a possession among us Only do not rebel against the Lord or rebel against us by building yourselves an altar other than the altar of the Lord our God. Did not Achan, son of Zerah, break faith in the matter of the devoted things, and wrath fell upon all the congregation of Israel? And he did not perish alone for his iniquity. All right, so what they're saying now is they are speaking very accusationally. But they're like, but I I wrote these are good points if what they're accusa- if their accusations are true. They're like, yo, man, you're gonna fuck it up for all of us. God ain't gonna come down here and just fuck you up for this. He's gonna fuck us all up for that. So like knock that shit off. It's, which is a pretty good explanation to answer your question about why they were so upset by like this whole right, like right. situation. Well, when I wrote the first notes, I hadn't read the next section yet, so I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then but again, like th- they could have been more like, yo. We've just been through like this war together. Like, is there a reason that like you built this? Like, bro, bro, what is this shit? (laughs) Right. Instead of like this whole long like rant. So wait, wait. (laughs) Do you think they were like say less, man? Say less. (laughs) Say less. (laughs) That's nice, man. I like that, Scott. Good job. Good job. I like that. I like it a lot. That was um, not chuggy, man. Not choice. Um, Joshua twenty-two, verse twenty-two. 
Uh, this is the response from the Reubenites, Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. The Lord, God of gods. The Lord, God of gods. He knows and let Israel itself know. If it was in rebellion or in breach of faith toward the Lord, do not spare us today for building an altar to turn away from following the Lord. Or if we did so to offer burnt offerings or grain offerings or offerings of well-being on it, may the Lord himself take vengeance. No, we did it from fear that in time to come, your children might say to our children, what have you to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you. You Reubenites and Gadites, you have no portion in the land. So your children might make our children cease to worship the Lord. So, I mean, it's a, right? Yeah, good counterpoint, They're man. thinking ahead. They're like, yo, man. They're like, nah, 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 bro. You got it all wrong, man. We are so far removed. You people are going to start talking shit about us. Mm-hmm. So we built this altar here as a, you know. Yeah, so you know. Yeah, so you know we're down. You, you know can, we're not sus. So, so you know what? Maybe <laughs> maybe you can see it for a while, uh, from far away. So when you go to look over at us and go, those motherfuckers over there are godless, or they're worshiping the wrong god, they'll see that snatched altar and realize, no, fucking. They're with us. Yeah. We're the same. Snatched, man. Snatched, snatched altar. Therefore, we said, let us now build an altar, not for burnt offering, nor for sacrifice, but to be a witness between us and you and between the generations after us, that we do perform the service of the Lord in his presence with our burnt offerings and sacrifices and offerings of well-being, so that your children may never say to our children in time to come, You have no portion in the land. And we thought, if this should be said to us or to our descendants in time to come, we could say, look at this copy of the altar of the Lord that our ancestors made, not for burnt offerings nor for sacrifice, but to be a witness between us and you. Far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord and turn away this day from following the Lord by building an altar for burnt offering, grain offering, or sacrifice other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands before his tabernacle. Why do they keep mentioning it's not for burnt offerings? They give burnt offerings all the time. Right. They should specify not for burnt offerings to any other God. It's burnt offerings for Yahweh. I think you're only supposed to give the burnt offerings like at the tabernacle or something at this point. And maybe only when he asks for it. Or like you're supposed to build a certain type of altar, Mm. you know, with like the drainage ditch and like whatnot. Mm. And this was not one of those, I think. Well, this was a copy of the altar. It It, was a copy. It was a copy. Yeah. So it probably was not at the behest of the Lord. Yeah. I don't know. But I think I think we're all cool with this though. Like they understand. So it seems like, like they explained it. Everybody was chill. Everybody went their own ways, and then. So I think I think to both our points, I think they were like, "Let's go get them," and then someone said, "No, let's go talk to them first. So the cooler heads prevailed. You think that's what happened? Yeah, there's much to do about nothing. All right, that's fair. Uh, the Reubenites and the Gadites called the altar 
witness. For they said, it is a witness between us that the Lord is God. So they like to use stones as witnesses. <laughs> like, like It's so bizarre. You would think like the Torah that like the, the Torah or or the, the rocks that they used to bury like those five kings or any of a number of other like monuments that they have constructed. <laughs> they keep having to construct these monuments as reminders. It's almost like the movie Memento. Remember Memento? Yeah. It's like the movie that went backwards because the guy couldn't remember anything. Yeah. So he had to like keep writing shit down and tattooing himself. That's what the Israelites are like. Yeah. And they use stones as a witness. So let's say this ever went to trial. Could you call that stone up to the witness stand? <laughs> hey, look, the witness doesn't want to see speak, see? <laughs> it's taking the fifth. <laughs> yeah. So I got to say He's this. all stone-faced. Nice. Stone cold, that guy. <laughs> And now it's your turn. <laughs> I win. <laughs> that gets us to Joshua 23. I just want to say, I, I have a note here. Quickest DEFCON fluctuation in history. They went from DEFCON 1 to 5, like like in minutes. Yeah, and like, yeah, in 10 verses. Yeah. Joshua 23. All right, here we go. Joshua exhorts the people. You know what that means, to exhort? Uh, we, we covered this. Um, uh, It means to uh, exclaim to them, right? Or I don't remember. It's in the vocabulary list. Can't remember shit anymore. (laughs) I had a rough week. Did I mention that? A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies all around, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, their elders and heads, their judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years. And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. So funny. (laughs) We should have started a belch counter. You belch a lot. Probably you're sucking in a lot of air when you're talking. Really? Yeah. I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain along with all the nations that I have already cut off from the Jordan to the Great Sea in the West. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. All right, let me start with the first sentence here. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies... Once again, it's not directly saying, but they're kind of phrasing it in a way like, the enemies were keeping Israel up at night. Like, Israel was the only one keeping motherfuckers up at night. But they're using words like, you know, we're finally giving these poor people some rest because of all the turmoil they've had. (sighs) Yeah. What are you doing, man? I'm getting up because it feels like it's like 100 degrees in here, so I'm taking my vest. Oh, yeah, it's hot in here. I don't feel so hot, man. (sighs) So, yeah, the Israelites are the only ones keeping people up at night, man. That's all I'm saying about that. Therefore, be very steadfast to observe and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right nor to the left, so that you may not be mixed with these nations left here among you, or make mention of the name of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow yourselves down to them, but hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. 
For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no one has been able to withstand you to this day. One of you puts to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you as he promised you. So this is basically like another one of these like Trump campaign speeches. You know, it's like, you know, the Lord is great. Like he's done all these great things for you. Ask anybody. You know, mm. he, he's like driven out. Uh, one of you scares a thousand like people, you know. I've been told by many people, yeah. I am the scariest. But of course, you, as we always know, with Yahweh, it's it's never unconditional. It always comes with conditions. May I? Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and join the survivors of these nations left here among you and intermarry with them so that you marry their women and they yours, know assuredly that the Lord your God will not continue to drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a scourge on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land that the Lord your God has given you. Justification for segregation xenophobia, racism, I would say. I don't know if they were different races at this point. Like, I don't, I'm surprised they don't, like, capture this line when they call for, like, a, the white separatists that are calling for, like, a white nation in America. Right. Like, I, I'm surprised they haven't started quoting this particular Bible. For oh, there's probably, like, way better, there's probably, like, way oh, yeah. better justifications <laughs> for all that. All right. But here's what I found funny about this. So it says... For if you turn back and join the survivors of these nations, right? First of all, I thought there were no survivors. Remember, didn't uh, they, they left kill some people? No, they left some people. Remember, they're going to be the the laborers, and the, they left some people. Okay, um, and then you intermarry with them, so that you you marry their women and they yours. Know assuredly that the Lord your God will not continue to drive out these nations. Well, if I marry them, I don't want them to. I don't right. want to continue yeah, well, to would, drive yeah, them yeah. out. Well, good. That's a good thing. I right. Don't want I, to that's do that. why I'm marrying this person. But then, who are you going to hate? Right. No. Listen. Yeah, well, who else are you going to blame no, for the problems no, no, of your society? I hear, I hear you. It's the little cast that you have you. to blame. I hear you. You can't blame someone you just married, or people that look like them, or sound like them, or act like them. You're, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Joshua twenty-three verse fourteen. And now I am about to go the way of all the earth. This is still Joshua. This is like kind of like, remember how Moses rambled on yeah, and on? Yeah. Joshua is so much better. He's like Moses 2.0. He's like yeah. a better version of Moses. This is a better speech. This is not a bad speech, actually. And now I am about to go the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one thing has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. So again, like he pumps them up with promises like made, God's promises great, God. <laughs> but, but, always a but. Yeah. Just as all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the bad things until he has destroyed you from this good land that the Lord your God has given you. If you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he enjoined on you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly 
from the good land that he has given to you. I like it. It's a strong warning at the end of a relatively good speech by Bible standards. I mean, it's kind of like when your parents go away and like they're like, look, we trust you. You're a good kid. Like you blah, blah, blah. But if you f- throw a fucking party and yeah. fuck up this house, when we come back, you will get fucked up. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like it's like a warning to the we, children. We catch two douchebags with a keg round in the corner <laughs> right. as soon as we leave. <laughs> and that gets us to the last, last chapter of the book of Joshua. Look at this, Scott. We're, we're going to make it. We're gonna. I think we're going to make it, although there is a lot to say in this chapter. Tune in next week to hear the conclusion. Bye, all. <laughs> ah, like that's, that's how shows do shit, man. It is. Uh, it's good shows do that. <laughs> but this is our show. <laughs> the tribes uh, renewed. Not a lot of laughter today, Scott. No. Notice that? Uh, not a lot uh, of laughter. What's going uh, on, Scott? This is not just me, man. No, we no. both have a certain energy tonight that's not maybe laugh-inducing or susceptible to easily laugh. Easily susceptible okay, to laugh. If you say so. The tribes renew the covenant. Because I'm an angry man, all right? <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. All right. Joshua 24 starts off. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Whoa. What does that mean? I guess they... Uh... Are they at the tabernacle? I'm gonna. <laughs> they presented themselves before God, meaning they just gathered, or was God like you know how God descends in a cloud? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Do you think like the uh, the two and a half tribes got word that this is going on? Like, thank God we ain't got to do this shit anymore. <laughs> like, we're gonna be a little more relaxed with our religion. I don't know because. <laughs> They keep it keeps being hammered into them how awesome Yahweh is because I think it this this is kind of like the farewell like Yahweh's about to <laughs> yeah, like listen, take off. We've said that before, yeah. so let's hopefully like hopefully this is the real time. All right. So the next section is basically like all of these like look at all of these awesome things that have been done for you by like Yahweh, right? And he starts like going through like the entire history of like the Israelites, basically from like. Abraham to Isaac to like Jacob to fucking like all of them, right? Yeah, the, like yeah, the this, whole it's like a whole encapsulation of what got us to this point. It's a fantastic recap as far as the uh Israelites are concerned. Leaving Egypt to the where they got now. And he and they sum it up in like three paragraphs. Without any fucking land surveys, without any counting of the shekels, or how many cubits shit is. Right. So you could basically condense the entire story yeah. of the Exodus from Egypt yep. into these three paragraphs. I mean, honestly, this might be our previously on to start the next episode, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because every time we start like a new book, the previously on is usually like a short encapsulation of right. everything that occurred. We could just read this, sure. Yeah. So that gets us to... Wait, wait, can I just say this? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 24 verse 2, and Joshua said to all the people, this is the speech he's giving, but I just want to read the first two sentences. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your ancestors ancestors Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor <laughs> Nahor's house that's all go on I want to mention the Nahor house again fair enough I'm tired <laughs> wasn't Nahor the guy that fucked around with Isaac and wouldn't oh no it wasn't that was another one Isaac married like Rachel or something yeah. from from Nahor yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. 
So that gets us to Joshua 24, verse 14. I want to do 13. You want to do 13? I'll read 13. Go ahead. At the end of this recap, he goes, I gave you a land on which you had not labored and towns that you had not built, and you live in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive yards that you did not plant. <laughs> yeah, like real good scumbags usually do. Just wanted to point that out. I'm sorry. By the way, he didn't give them shit. They had to like fight for everything. Yeah, well, yeah. But they'll, they'll, oh, except for that one day that he rained boulders down. Well, you know what? The losses, I don't know what the losses on the Israelite sides were, but it doesn't seem like it was very drastic. It seems like it was a rout for the most part. Yeah. So they, they had to be because some, of Yahweh. Like, they had to be not some because Yahweh. they had two million fucking people invading towns of like ten thousand. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not possible. because they were like locusts descending you know upon like a field have, of like wheat. These people have very low self esteem, man. They should take credit for some of this shit. Maybe not give it all to Yahweh. I mean, they were slaves for so many centuries. You know, yeah. it's probably going to take some time for them to regain their confidence. I guess. Yeah. Now, therefore, revere the Lord. And serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Hmm. Hmm. What if you choose to serve another Lord? Haven't you been threatened this whole time not to serve anyone but Yahweh? Yeah, I'm side-eyeing you, man. Don't even mention shit like that, man. I'm just saying, like, this is a weird proposition that he's making. All right, he's telling the congregation, decide who you who will be your God. Maybe, to your point... So if you decide not to choose Yahweh, we can kill you now. We can smite your ass because Yahweh is leaving and he can't do it later. Right. <gasps> right, because plenty of people since this day that in question have turned away from Yahweh. And nobody's gotten smited. Not a single person. Not a single person. Well, people have been smited by other people who... I thought smite meant strictly from like, like a god oh, strikes I see, you down. Right. That's I, true. I, That's the definition true. of the word, right. I might not know the real definition of Although, the word. Although, so. God does work in mysterious ways. Oh, yeah. That's true. Perhaps he's directing his smitiness through someone's like... Like that know, Murdoch guy that just got yes, convicted. That's right. Well, that wasn't his fault. That was Yahweh, you know. No, his, I was, his wife probably coveted another man's donkey. No, I was thinking I didn't. Find, his son killed like some other young girl when he was drunk driving a boat. I know he, about that. Oh yeah, I heard the whole recap today for the first time. Um, yeah, his fucking son was drunk with a bunch of friends and their girlfriends. He was driving a boat. He crashed into a bridge yeah. and killed a girl. And when the cops came. They recognize him as being like, you know, part of the elite. So this lawyer just got convicted and sentenced for killing his wife and his other son, right. Murdoch. And apparently this family is very well connected in South Carolina. Yeah. Like they're part of the community. They're yeah. like lawyers generation after generation. Very like ingrained into like civics and like all yeah. that, right? Fifth, fifth generation lawyer and like lawmakers. And um, there's video footage of the cops like going easy on the kid saying, you're not in trouble, you're not in trouble. And the kid kind of laughing. And the guy who, whose girlfriend got killed is screaming like, you motherfucker, you think this is funny? You're going to stand there and fucking laugh? This is my fucking girlfriend. Yes. Really? This recording. Yes. Oh, I'm going to have yes. to check this out. Right? right? So he got away scot-free is the whole point of this, right? So a couple years later, he gets murdered by his father to cover up some other crimes. 
That is right. So that's father. God working in mysterious ways. Like God didn't smite him for turning away from the Lord, but he did. Which God, God, which God though? That, that seems like the Indian God because that's like karma. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. But God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. It's the point I'm trying to make. Like, you got smited through another means. Right. Yeah, so, for sure, God, definitely. Yeah. You can't, you don't understand God. Who can? Yeah, no. Who wants to? But Joshua said to the people, so after the people, like, the people were like, no, no, we're, we're, we're rolling with uh, Yahweh. Sure. You know, we're not choosing any other gods. We're Yahweh. He's our guy. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. I didn't understand this. Okay. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God. Right. So, then the rest of this paragraph sounds like they're saying, no, we're going to serve the Lord. And they're like, you should serve the Lord. It's very contrary. I didn't understand. I, okay. So Joshua tells the congregation, decide who you're we're going, decide who you will worship. Mm. The congregation is like, we're going to worship Yahweh, of course. And then Joshua, he's like making it hard on them. He wants to make sure that they really mean what they're saying. Okay. So he's like, you can't just serve this guy. You know, this guy's like holy, meaning like clean, right? So you you have to be holy also, right? If you fuck around, he will fucking kill you. So don't just say that you're going to serve this guy. Mm. Yeah, all right. And it's, the, it's poorly written, but it's it's it could be poorly translated. And the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. It's Joshua is doing due diligence. He's like a good car salesman mm. that's telling the people, look, you're buying a junker. I just want you to know what you're getting yourselves into. Like, yes, it's a good, cheap car, but I... You're going to sign this contract stating I have expressed to you that it might need like a new carburetor. You know what I mean? I think that's the situation. All right. Um, And then Joshua says to them after they said we are witnesses and they agree, he said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua. The Lord our God we will serve, and him we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statutes and ordinances for them at Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak in the sanctuary of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, See, This stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore, it shall be a witness against you if you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away to their inheritances. Okay. So they say that we're witnesses against each other. We're witnesses against us. 
And then Joshua was like, you know what? This stone's a better witness. Let's go with the stone instead. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? They want uh, their stones, man. Yeah, I guess. Um, and he goes, put away the foreign gods that are among you, amongst us. Who the fuck is still crazy Who's enough still to do right? this? You know what I mean? Like, is anyone walking around with a mantle? <laughs> <laughs> so that gets us to the death of Joshua and Eliezer. Who's Eliezer? He's the guy. He's that guy. Do you remember him? I, I remember. Is he name. a warrior? Isn't he like one of the? Uh, was he one of the spies that was like all like? He was a Levite, wasn't he a Levite? Like the high priest? Like I don't the even high, remember the highest of priests. Oh, was he Aaron's son? Yeah. Yes. He yes, was. I think it was Aaron's he was son. like the third or fourth son because the first two were killed after they yeah. fucked up the first like ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. They were he, burned with fire. Yeah. He was like the kid that was like, so I'm, I'm never going to like, be king. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's like dumping his brother's <laughs> bodies. Like, looks like I'm gonna be king. <laughs> All right. So the death of Joshua and Eliezer. Uh, Joshua 24, verse 29. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. Can I point out the use of commas? In a lot it's of this weird, text, right? like they're all over the place, like they're like in the wrong spots, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Actually, in this, it's it's actually it's all right. After these things, no, it's not. But whatever. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being one hundred ten years old. That gets us to Joshua twenty four verse thirty one. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived. Joshua and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. So we're not talking about like a good amount of time, right? Like Joshua, he's like 110. So let's say uh, it's like 200 years now, like between like the time that Joshua enters the promised land with the congregation, they start taking over land. He lives another, let's say 40 or 50 years. Then the elders grow old and they mm. die. So we're talking about like the Israelites must be like by the close of this book, you know, they, they have they're as old as the United States of America today. Mm. All right. I didn't really follow the math, but all right. The bones of Joseph, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Sechem in the portion of ground that Jacob had brought from the children of Hamar, the father of Sechem. For 100 pieces of money, it became an inheritance of the descendants of Joseph. What's so funny? What became an inheritance? The bones? Yeah. All right, fine. But um, What's what, so funny? You can charge admission, fine, bro. Fine. What, they, they, charge, they bought it for 100 pieces of money. Next time I go buy something in a store, I'm like, yo, how many pieces of money is this? <laughs> kind of fucking weird way of saying it is that. Well, it says... Uh, Heb 100 Kesida. Mm. Eliezer, son of Aaron. You're right. So Eliezer was... We were uh, both right, man. That was a process of elimination, man. Eliezer, son of Aaron, died, and they buried him at Gibeah, the town of his son, Phineas, which had been given him in the hill country of Ephraim. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad because this is like... Uh, this is like the end of like everything from Exodus, really. Like this, this really closes out Exodus in many ways. Oh, sure, sure. This is the end chapter. This is the end game. This is the end of the series. This is like the seven season run 
And now it's time for like the next. Like they say, like series. the Pentateuch, you know, the Torah, the first five books. But I kind of feel like this should be included, like in that, in those first five books. There should be the first six books. Maybe the first five books, the only ones that had any truth in them. Like this is just made up shit. Uh, this, yeah, this, this is all this bullshit. All bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are, Scott. Uh, we yeah, we so have s- now completed another book. Of yeah. the Bible. Do you think um, Joshua was gone too soon? We never really got to know him. I feel like he was one of like the guest stars that was on for like maybe like a three, four episode arc on a series, and you really got to into the character. And then either they they, they he died or or she got written off or something. Like like you felt like you should know more about them. I kind of feel like the more we get to know anyone in the Bible, the more we hate them. Yeah, so it's almost like better that we didn't get to know him that much. You bow out while the getting's good, man. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so is Joshua as revered as Moses? It seems like Joshua's like pretty fucking like, he, high up there, man. And I understand, listen, listen, Moses ran it 90 yards. Joshua took it over the finish line. But a lot of times that's what you remember. You remember the guy who scored the touchdown. Like I feel like he scored the touchdown, this guy. So far, Joshua is the only person in the book that's commanded God to do something, and God did it. He told God to stop the sun. Yeah. And God was like, all right. Still don't think God knew how to do it, though. <laughs> I'm just saying, in the canon of the book. Joshua, man, you, you're, you're getting too deep into the role, man. So there it is. Yeah. So we have completed the first five books, and now in addition to that, Joshua. So you might be able to say we completed the first six books. <laughs> yes. Well, the first five books are like a series, you know. It's like the Pentateuch, yeah. the Torah. Good God. Just what the Hebrews thought. Do you think like uh, like uh, the first five books were like the mini series, like the, the series, and like book six was like the, the two-hour finale, like on like a half-hour show? Worse. Worse? Yeah, I think the first five books, right, they're like, all right, let's say the first five books are like The Godfather, right? They're written by like Mario Puzo, right? Then, 50 years later, Mario Puzo is dead. Mario Puzo is dead. And people are like, yo, we need to continue this series. Let's just hire, like, another writer, you know? And then they hire, like, some bullshit writer. They they hire Pario Muzo. Yeah, like, whatever that that day, like, hot, young, like, hot shot is. And he creates, like, a mess of, like, whatever. Mm. I think that's the situation. I think, like, the tour is classic, and then everything after that is just, eh. Yeah. Various authors. I feel like they wrapped this up quickly after forty years of like getting here. They kind of wrapped it up. It seems like right. It seems like maybe like they should have focused more on like how they took over all the different towns. No, I think we know how they did that. <laughs> they were pretty detailed about that. Uh, they put them to the sword. I would like more details about their conquest. Like how the entrails like fell out of their victims when they sliced their abdomens no, open. Oh, like just more like you know. You're like More a horror, interactions. You're like, you're like a horror, destructible porn kind of guy. That's true. Cool, man. I got nothing else to say about this, man. All right. So I guess uh, until next time when we uh, get to judges, uh, we'll see you then, fuckers. All right. Peace. <laughs>